When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Rolling on on a uh, Monday. Exciting Monday for Longhorn fans. Coming off of uh, biggest win for the Longhorn football program in decades. Certainly since uh, maybe 08. Would probably be the time the Longhorns are ranked in the top five for the first time since 10. Something like that, yep. And that didn't last much longer than uh, the start it of the season. Real. It, it wasn't real. It was a Fugazi, a Fugazi. Yeah, that was Fugazi September 5th. That was the start of the year. And remember, yeah. that was they barely beat Rice or struggled with Rice early, and that was the beginning of the end of the Mac Brown run at Texas. Uh, but a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of ugly from the weekend. Not much ugly for the Longhorns. Everything was pretty uh, as they took down Alabama. But it is uh, you know a heavy day as well because it's uh, September 11th. Um, 2023, so 22 years ago, uh, the attacks on our country. We'll never forget them. Got a nice text earlier from someone who said, I always remember hearing the words from UE of what was going on. And, uh, yeah, we all lived through that together and uh, on the radio and wherever you were. It was a terrible day, and we will never forget that uh, without a doubt. Also, rest Mm -hmm. in peace to Charlie Robeson on a different level. We played, uh, I had a nice tribute song to him. We'll play some Charlie Robeson this morning, the uh, legendary Texas singer-songwriter. Uh, sad to see that. but uh, So some heavy hearts, but boy, a lot of excitement as well as the Longhorns. Um, you know what? The way I would put it, Rod, is did what we knew they could do, but yeah. weren't sure we were going to see that, right? We knew we knew it. We knew Texas had a, had a roster that could win that game. We knew Alabama maybe not as explosive as they've been and had a young quarterback of their own, and uh, they made it happen. Um, but more talk you know, all about it here coming up. Let's first get to the other headlines of the morning, and then uh, Rod's going to have a Rod, Rod's rant coming up. We'll go uh, play some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. But let's cut up on the rest of the news. Then we're talking Texas uh, football all morning. Top Gun. Lawn Equipment and Rentals bring you the news. And uh, Longhorns are in the news this morning. Number four in the country now, according to the new AP poll released yesterday. Only Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State ahead of them. First time, as we said, since 2010. Alabama fell back to number 10 in the new poll. K-State, the next highest-ranked Big 12 team at 15. Oklahoma is at 19. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers was named the Walter Camp Offensive Player of the Week for his performance on Saturday. He's the ninth Longhorn to win that National Player of the Week award. Bijan won it back in 2021. Uh, 349 yards, three touchdowns. Two of them came in that Texas 21-point fourth quarter as the Longhorns snapped the Alabama 21-game home win streak. Uh, in the NFL, Dallas Cowboys, how impressive were they last night? They went into Broadway or onto Broadway and put on the most impressive performance of the league's first Sunday. Absolutely devoured the New York Giants 40 to nothing. It's the first week uh, one shutout in 24 years in the league. Cowboys were up 19 to nothing after the first quarter on a block field goal for a score and a fumble return for a touchdown. They rolled from there. Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback, had no chance. 104 yards through the air, threw two picks, sacked seven times. Also impressive in week one, uh, the Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, former Longhorn careers are underway. They both scored their first touchdowns. Bijan 
Uh, scored the Falcons' first points of the year. Six points on an 11-yard catch and run. Helped Atlanta to a win over Carolina. Rojo scored from a yard out, but his Bears lost to Green Bay 38-20. San Francisco, impressive yesterday into Pittsburgh. Steamrolled the Steelers 30-7. Uh, Baltimore spoiled D'Amico Ryan's debut as head coach of the Texans. Baltimore beat them 25-9. Ravens did lose star running back J.K. Dobbins for the season with an injured Achilles. Philadelphia ruined Tom Brady Day in New England. They built a big early lead and held on 25-20. to uh, Philadelphia, Cleveland, how about this surprise? They dominated Joe Burrow and the Bengals, 24-3. Burrow just 82 yards passing in that game. Uh, L.A. Rams went into Seattle, knocked off the Seahawks, 30-13. And in the best game of the day, Tua Tungavailoa threw, threw for 466 yards in L.A. against the Chargers. And his touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill with 145 to go gave the Dolphins a 36-34 win. Tonight, Monday Night Football, to wrap it up, it's a good one. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets hosting Josh Allen and the Bills. Major League Baseball, AL West leading Astros extended their division lead over the weekend. They took two out of three from the Padres, pounded them yesterday 12-2. So second place Seattle dropped three out of four in Tampa. So they're now two and a half games back of Houston in the West. Texas took two of three from the A's, but still three back of the Astros. Rangers open a massive series tonight. Four games with Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays currently lead Texas for the final AL wildcard spot by a half game. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Texas with a huge monumental win over Alabama. Um, I'll say this: I don't, you know, I I don't actually know if this team played their best game because <laughs> rewatching it, I saw a lot of you know a lot of mistakes actually uh, that Texas made throughout the game, especially early on in the game. 
Um, but to me, that's the beauty of it. That if you I always say, if you don't like what people are saying, you know, change the conversation. You can't do that by talking about it. You got to be about it, right? You got to do it with action. This team went and won that game in the fourth quarter and in the second half, right? Uh, even though they even and they got down too. Alabama got to the point where they made enough plays to get up on Texas in that game. And we've talked about how Sark's teams are not yet a four quarter fourth quarter team, right? And they haven't been able to put it all together for four quarters and go win games in the fourth quarter. That's exactly what they did. They went out and took this game yeah. from Alabama in the fourth quarter with great adjustments by the coaches. More so, it was the players. It was the character of the players who wanted to finish. That was one of the things that uh, uh, Holly Rowe talked about. A lot of people were talking about, like, the guys were talking about finishing on the sideline. Quinn was saying, we got to finish. Uh, we got to finish. And I think that's what we saw from this team. We saw this team finish. That was important. I'm glad they battled some adversity. I know if they if, if X-Man catches the touchdown, Jay Brooks catches the touchdown, they'd probably blow Bama out potentially. Yeah. Um, I don't I didn't want to see that. I I like this. I like this script better. I like this win better than a potential blowout win over Bama. So I say, that's crazy. No, no, because I wanted to see them battle adversity, right? Because it's not gonna be easy. If they're gonna go where we think they can go, you said it, E, they answered a lot of questions with that win over Bama. The biggest question they answered from the fans was, is it possible? Yeah. And yeah. And how it are they is. gonna react when things aren't going their way? And they you yep. know, they, they when they gave up the lead at sixteen thirteen, you thought, Oh man, I mean they, they should be up a couple scores here mm-hmm. and now they're trailing on the road and maybe Milrose getting something going. But no, they had they had the response and as your guy Dion will say, Coach Prime. We ain't coming nowhere. We're here. We're here. We here. <laughs> we here. <laughs> and that's what Texas said. I mean, my, one of my favorite videos of the night was uh, um, was A.D. Mitchell. It was during a break, and it was, it was ABC caught A.D. Mitchell doing the Cotton Eye Joe when they were playing the music. They mm. were loose, man. They were loose. They were loose. They, they, were, they, were having, they weren't tight over there. They were, I mean, he's doing the Cotton Eye Joe, and they're mm-hmm. dancing. He and X-Man. They were having fun. But, boy, your quarterback, you just heard Quinn yours in that montage. He was locked in. His coach, uh, you know, built a, a oh. great game plan that they then executed. And, uh, boy, again, to, to salt off the last th- seven minutes to force Nick Saban to take all of his timeouts before the five-minute mark and still run the ball for a couple more first downs and get him to jump offside to, jump off to end the ball game. Yeah. Um, and it was all phases. It really was. Special teams was great um, outside of the Burt Auburn miss kick. Uh, Rod's going to have a rant here coming up, which will be deep dive conversations about the big win. First, though, Rod Let's needs to props team. to all those great players that – you know, contributed because we still it, it, the list is so long. Yeah, we, we just got to go. Well, gotta... When you win big games, there are, there are a lot of heroes, right? There are a lot <laughs> no of guys doubt. that made that happen. Um, just like if you don't win the big games, there are a lot of goats, and yes, that's the way are. that goes. But before we do, Rod, before we get into your rant, let's talk about about the Iron Workers. Uh, oh yes, no doubt, our good friends over at Iron Workers Local 482. Uh, we know that Austin is a beautiful city. That's why we all love it. Uh, it's even more beautiful when Texas wins, especially like they won in Tuscaloosa. But it's a beautiful city, thanks in no small part to the skilled craftsmanship of Iron Workers. Local Union 482, they've been helping shape Greater Austin for a long time, since 1935, and you see the labors of their love all over our great city and iconic, exquisite landmarks like DKR Stadium and the Pennybacker Bridge. And as our city continues to grow and thrive, uh, so do our good friends at Ironworkers Local Union 482. They don't go to the office. They're the ones who actually build the office. So if you're thinking about a new career and you want something fresh, something new, something that will challenge you, maybe you want to feel valued by your employer, you can become a valued member of Ironworkers Local 482, and you'll accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape Austin's economic development. Uh, Right now, they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central 
Council, Texas. Uh, you can become a member of Ironworkers Local 482 and take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the future of our great city. So maximize your potential today uh, and be your best self. Simply apply online at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, so, like I said, I don't even know if we have enough time to give all the props. But uh, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball, uh, giving props. And I think Steve Sarkeesian um, should get his uh, – credit for the game plan. It was a masterful, brilliant game plan by Steve Sarkeesian. We'll get into it more in some of the X's and O's and behind the burn on curtain, but early down pass rate, uh, you know, usage of 12 personnel in the passing game, presenting power personnel packages, pivoting to pass principles, all that was great. But I want to talk about the players and what they did in this matchup. And starting with Quinn Ewers, I mean, he, this, is, I, this, this was his moment, right? He, we saw him go from... Yep. Caterpillar to butterfly before our very eyes in so many ways. E, and one texture here says, "I like seeing yours show emotion." I think we all did. I think we all liked it, like seeing him and show emotion because that inspires teammates, right? That that's part of your your duty as a quarterback is to inspire teammates. He's so comfortable now; you can tell he's inspiring teammates uh, with his play. And I like that he's in control of his emotion. I saw the emotion, but I also saw him calm on the sideline, kicking it. You know. He's calm. He's cool. I love the move of putting A.J. Milwee on the sideline now. Now he's got a confidant. He's got a quarterback nurturer on the sideline to go to if things go wrong. I just love the environment now they put him in. And Jerry Hamilton brought up a good point, too, E. Just, this is now he's hit 12 games now officially. Yeah. He's, starting he's, he's in college. started one full season one in college football. One full season of college football. Maybe we're, we're just seeing the maturity and the growth now of him being in the same system with the same personnel uh, you know, obviously being he was a new student at a new university last year, too, probably being acclimated a lot more to his social scene. They talked about how, you know, he's gotten more into his faith, that he's a little bit more grounded. Um, you know, it's, it's it's so weird. Too. I love that the stories of redemption were all kind of tied together in this game. You know, Sark's story of redemption, Texas football story of redemption, even Quinn Ewers. I think to a certain extent, uh, his story of redemption, and he he definitely showed up. We talked about the common the commonality between the upsets in Tuscaloosa, and one of them, no doubt, probably the most common of those commonalities was your quarterback has to have a transcendent performance. If he's not going to be a transcendent player all season long, that day in Tuscaloosa, he needs to be the best version of himself. I think we saw the best version of Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Well, and if it continues to get better, that's pretty crazy because he was stepping into throws. He had the good footwork. I mean, when he when he plants and fires, man, this Ooh. is what the NFL has has long thought of. You know, seen with Quinn Ewers, he's got one of those arms, right? He's got one of those those howitzers that can just uh, can make every throw, make every throw, make every throw. And some of them were, you know, you're seeing a lot of platform stuff. I mean, the deep ball to to X Man was kind of a flick of the wrist. They the, put a lot of air under that one, let him run under it. Um, the X. How about the over-the-shoulder catch by A.D. Mitchell to oh, seal the deal? That's nice. Uh, Even the X-Man one was a tough catch. Tough catch. That X a tough catch over your but head like you, that. But as you, I'm going to give you props, too, while we're handing them out. You, Your game plan for the week was on point, and they used short to intermediate passes, a lot of formations mm-hmm. to get Quinn into the game and get him comfortable uh, and get him you know, where he was in that, that groove and wasn't doubting himself. Uh, and that's really Sark's job. We talked about a lot. He doesn't have a quarterback who can run, so – his job as the play caller and the play designer is to create a clear picture for his quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you could tell Quinn Ewers never 
Dever looked looked rattled in that regard, he did right? Not. He wasn't perfect. He made some throws that, that he'd want back, but at the same time, it never looked like the confused quarterback that we saw so often last year, and even at times in the Rice game. And by the way, Rice Rice point. win beat Houston. Yes, they did. That Rice a, might be a little bit better than everybody thought yes, they were. And that was a damn good game plan they had against Texas. I think now everybody can admit that was a damn good game plan they had. I mean, they, they really they kind of rattled Texas. Texas was vanilla. We know that. Now we know Sark was preparing for Bama doing that Rice week. Can we all admit it now? And it's fine. It's good. It, I'm happy he did it. I wanted him to do it. I just had to do it in the week. I said, I wouldn't prepare for Rice. We're going to beat Rice regardless. And y'all going y'all gonna to complain and criticize. Even if we beat them 40 by 47 points, y'all still going to find something y'all don't like about it. So the hell with that. We'll find a way to beat them we'll beat them no worries but if i can spend that extra time to prepare for bama and get this team really dialed into the details think about it the reason quinn was so comfortable in those plays he he's been running them plays for the last six months spring football they were running them plays he's running them plays uh two weeks ago doing rice week they've been running them plays for a long time that's why he was so comfortable that's yeah. why he knew he was like oh no i got this baby i know exactly where the checks are i know exactly where where the uh the fail safes are within the offense that's why everybody was so comfortable and honestly now we can go to the other part the offensive line yeah i mean we, it, coming off the rice week e we were all paranoid and freaking out about that offensive line. Going up against Bama after giving up three sacks, three sacks versus Rice? I think we were all thinking, all right, we just hope they don't fall apart and implode like a dying star in that game and Quinn's running for his life. Not only that, I'll give you a stat. Texas offensive line is the only group since 2014 that allowed fewer than three quarterback pressures and zero sacks in a single game against uh, Alabama. Shout out to Hook'em Headlines, where I got it from, and they got it from uh, Sports Info Solutions and Pro Football Focus. So that's pretty damn good. They're the first offensive line to not to allow fewer than three QB pressures and zero sacks in a game against Bama since 2014. So that's yeah. a pretty damn good stat about them, Goose. <laughs> well. That group was dialed in. Well, and this has Coach Steven morphed this past weekend. He, too, is a butterfly. Yes. Well, I mean, the one thing I'll say for Sark, and he can be heard as an excuse, year one, I don't think they had the depth, and fourth quarters were not their strength. Last year, you know, I don't know that he trusted his team and trusted his quarterback, and, and this was, he said all offseason, this, this looks like my team. Mm-hmm. This sounds like my team. Uh, I believe in this team, and you know what? He trusted them all the way through, and you know, just n- never took his foot off the gas. I mean, there were some drives early in that third quarter where it kind of looked like they were stalling out. But, man, when they went on attack mode and they got into that tempo and they were – I mean, it was impressive to see them orchestrate that offense. And to combine that with the offensive line performance you just gave, the mm. defense that held an Alabama team to 3.1 yards per carry uh, and, you know, really just gave up big explosive chunk plays to a quarterback who can create those, um, you know, they really did a great job. The, the five sacks – Somebody said, uh, how about Ethan Burke? Remember when, uh, who was it? One of the offensive linemen called him Baby Bosa, and we all kind of said, hey, tap the brakes, Baby Bosa. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He's playing like Baby Bosa. I mean, he's, he's wrecking really the well. edge. Anthony Hill Jr., freshman out of Denton, had a couple sacks. I mean, these guys were all over the place. Jalen Ford played his typically really good brand of football. Byron Murphy was outstanding. I mean, yeah. uh, the whole defensive line. Let me ask you this now. Uh, when, when Sark went for it not once but twice on fourth down, not was, to nitpick Sark, but what what say you were you? I was fine with that. You were? Yeah, I was fine with that. Yeah, you talking about the one was the J T Sanders catch, just the one down the red zone? Was that a four? That's fourth down. No, no. Right? Remember, he went for it on fourth in the midfield. This is in the fourth quarter. Uh, went for it on the fourth from the midfield. That's when the ball squirted out. Okay. And then they, but they got the ball back because Jonathan Brooks pounced on it. Yes. The, uh, then the they went for it again on fourth down again. The touch push. Yeah. And, and but um, you know, I thought he went for it fourth down early on in the game too. 
Uh, they did, and they got yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought late in the I, game. My, my point is, he was aggressive, and I was all for it. He came to win. Yeah, he did aggressive not come, and all for it. He did not come to stay in the game. He wanted Coach to stay in the game. He came there. He coached to win. All the And that that reverberates all throughout the team. The guys believe, no, no, no. Coach, this is a winning game plan. We came here to win. And, you know, offensively, I think the, that's why you didn't see a lot of wide receiver rotation in that game because Sark wanted to make sure that when he got the matchup he liked and the coverage he liked, that he also had the guys in there that he thought were best, you know, the best suited to exploit whatever the coverage and matchup that was. That's why you saw heavy rotations of, you know, X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, Jay Witt. Those guys really didn't come off the field much. I saw Jontae Cook out there a little bit. but You got some time? It, it, it's mostly he stayed with his front-line guys because he wanted to make sure when I got the matchup I liked, we're going. Yeah, that we can we can go and we can it can dial up those plays those money plays. So I love the way that the wide receivers for Texas. I mean, I guess I, I Ohio State is the only one that may have a better group. Man, that, this wide receiving group is really really impressive. Well, considering Jay Witt, they don't have this quarterback. They don't have this quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Because if you consider J, JT Sanders, he had a hundred over hundred yards receiving in this game. It was unbelievable yeah. in this game. Well, it was everything uh, we talked about going into the season. Is there are so many weapons that Sark's going to be able to attack the weakness, and they seem to find it every time. They started doubling X Men a lot of the go a lot of those big plays. They're doubling or rolling coverage toward X Men, and that's what we talked about. It's like, man, well, everybody else, the numbers, <laughs> it's a numbers game at, at its most rudimentary level. That's all football is, and you're presenting them with a mathematical equation they cannot solve. You can't double X Men and double JT and load the box. Can't do it. You got to leave guys one on one. You got AD Mitchell one on one. He out there eating. Well, and that, the, the signs of a championship uh, pedigree or DNA for a team, uh, you know, you're looking for them. And, you know, Pat, last year they didn't win a championship because they didn't have the guts and, and the, uh, the the execution in the fourth quarter of games. Mm-hmm. In this game, not only did they lose the lead in the third quarter to go behind after controlling the game, they're down 16-13. After they took the lead and really reestablished, you know, how many Longhorn fans weren't, weren't panicked when they gave up the third and 17, and then three plays later, Alabama was in the end zone? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to do go. this again. Yep. They scored 14 points in 15 seconds. They responded. Like three 14 plays. points in 15 seconds. Yeah. That is a response. Yep. That is, oh, no, no, we're not coming, we're here. Yep. We're here. We've got the people, the personnel, but, you know, no coach, no fan base knows what their team is until it's. Tested. It's, it's the middle you need of a diversity. battle. It's in the middle That's of a why battle. I, I didn't want to see the blowout. I'm glad X-Man didn't catch the touchdown, and I'm glad Jay Brooks didn't catch. Now, if we lost, I'd have been singing a different tune this morning. But yeah. they did. They won. <laughs> but I, I wanted to see the team tested. I wanted to see them uh, face adversity. We knew they would on the road in Tuscaloosa. We said it. He, he was like, they got to win in the fourth quarter. Ain't no way you're going to go in there and just blow Bama out. Well, no. they actually had a chance to. They had a chance <laughs> to. Uh, but they didn't. Well, that's, and that's, that's the reason it happens that way. So, and, and it flipped to the defense because I don't think we give enough love to the defense. Uh, just one shout out to Quinn Uristo, one of the stat. Zero turnover worthy passes. Zero yeah. in that game versus Alabama. even a close Zero. to an interception. Yeah, he was, everything was on point. But going back to Ethan Burke, the mechanic, I had a, had a, uh, a someone on the chat at Owen Texas have a better name for him, Ethan Berserk, which I think is kind of cool. So maybe that could go. But the mechanic, he does. His first two games at Texas, seven total tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, should have had three. Probably should have had four because he should have had one in the Rice game that he missed. And they didn't. They gave him a tackle for loss in this game versus Bama, and it should have been considered a sack because they thought, I guess they considered Jalen Murrow a ball carrier, but he was still in the pocket. But he had started tucking the run before uh, he tackled him, and they considered a tackle for loss. So he should, he should have like four sacks. And his, uh, he's third amongst FBS edge rushers right now in uh, pro football focus pass rushing product, uh, productive. 
Uh, so, man. Well, listen, I mean, Anthony Hill had two sacks and a, and a tackle for a loss. Ethan Burke had the same. And these are that's a freshman and a redshirt freshman. I mean, these guys are going to be here yep. uh, anchoring your D-line We're around those. the SEC. Yeah, man, this is, that was a statement made. Jalen Catalan ended up being the Longhorn leading tackler with six total tackles. But uh, it was a total team effort for sure, or seven total tackles, I should say. We come back, speaking of defense, we'll have our Viking fence defensive play of the game and player. Uh, we'll also have more conversation about the Longhorns, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend that included a Cowboys demolition of the New York football giants. Uh, we got a lot to do. It's just uh, rolling along here. Rise and grind with us here on Hook em Up with Ian Rodby. On display tonight, Battleman in year three. He'll roll. right into the hands of the Longhorn. Intercepted by Jeremy Thompson. His second mistake. He steps out inside the 10. That is a disastrous play for Milrow, his second pick tonight. Yeah, there it is, your Viking fence defensive play of the game. I'll let Rod pick the defensive player of the game here coming up. Thanks to our friends at Viking Fence, the premier fence company in uh, Central Texas for 50-plus years, still locally owned and operated, but, man, they're they're expanding. If you're listening to our show on the app in Dallas or uh, up and down I-35, they're expanding because the rooftops are popping. They need fences and fencing materials. Uh, Viking is the best. Uh, just give them a call or go to the website, vikingfence.com. They are going to take care of you. They're not expanding that they don't do anything more than fences. They just do fences uh, better than anybody, but uh, they'll do it a little further further range now, up into, down in San Antonio, up into Dallas. Uh, so get Viking Fence locked in at vikingfence.com. Rod, who was the defensive player of the game for you on Saturday? Yeah, honestly, it's hard not to go with Anthony Hill for me. Just the splash plays that he made. Uh, Ethan Burke can be in that conversation, too. Like I, said, I think they shortchanged him on a sack. He probably would be uh, that guy for me too but man Anthony Hill playing the spy position and rushing off the edge he's going to be a problem um, six tackles six defensive stops two sacks uh, ended up with one quarterback hurry four quarterback pressures three run stops and he was playing situationally <laughs> he wasn't out there like every down he was playing like situationally yeah, to put the, him uh, out snaps there. play chart coming up Ooh, but uh, he's yeah. gonna be a problem man well, so I, right when he's true freshman and that one of his sacks came right over the top of uh caden proctor the other true freshman playing oh, left tackle. and that, you see that bend he had on there oh the abuse how close he got to the ground that hip bend oh man he's well, that's he's a natural speed rusher he's not have moves yet he's just coming off the edge speed rushing imagine when he started giving him some pass rush moves uh, work on that in the offseason just let him rush the passer yeah because if he can bring that because no, there's no quarterback going to run outrun him. No, no. He's kind of a little bit like Michael Parsons when he gets when he gets free, he's got the speed and the closing speed to close you down. You're even a Jalen Milrow, and that's. Uh, and by the way, I thought far. I know you went back and rewatched it when I, when I was doing the uh, Inside Texas Watch with us in game. And oh yeah, think Wait, that was a success. Huge hey, numbers. Yeah, a lot numbers. of folks tuning that, in for that. Yeah, it was fun. And thanks to Viking fans for being a part of that with me and uh, Dr. Greg Eckert and. Uh, uh, classic, classic collision helping me with that. That's the On Texas Watch with us on their on their YouTube page, man, and and YouTube channel, and it's really really fun. But it, we, we looked to me, and you went and rewatched it. Then Anthony Hill was early in the game in most game used because one of the spies. Yes, he was on Jalen Milrow, mm-hmm. and that was and he could run him down. Then there were a couple times where David Benda would be the spy, and he he didn't have the speed to get to keep him off the corner. Yeah, and Anthony Hill would run him down. That was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that he and Ethan Burke just bring a new dimension to this defense that we know they're stout, we know they're physical. Jalen Ford's a great player. 
Jalen Catalan's a really good heady player, but man, these guys are those those splash players that make those plays that change games. Yeah, you got havoc minded players now, right? Havoc plays or literally plays that attract splash plays on defense, force fumbles, interceptions, sacks, tackles for loss, you know, PBUs, those types of things. And that's what Anthony Hill and Ethan Burke are. And remember going into the season, there was concern that we didn't know if Texas was gonna have any edge rushers, right? They 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 were trying to feel that was a void on the team. They were trying to fill that void that Baron Sorrell uh, could provide some of that, but they might have to money ball uh, their, their edge rushing uh, presence and might have to figure out a way to create and manufacture pressures from the edges. Well, now you don't. Now you found out that Ethan Burke's a player. Ethan Burke can not only on the edge uh, rush the passer, but he can stop the run on the edge, too. Love the way they use him. My man Jerry Hamilton talks about it all the time. He's one of the great lacrosse players out there. So they have been a two-point stance a lot of times because of the lacrosse player, and he's huge, 6'5", whatever he is. 6'6", long Uh, arms. Yeah, usually a guy like that, you're worried about pad level. You're like, man, i got to get this guy's pad level low. I definitely don't want him playing in a two-point. He's already tall enough. I wonder if he can get his pad level. But he's naturally good with his pad level, naturally plays low, because of his lacrosse, but he's great. His eyes, he gets his vision. Um, uh, it gets to see everything, and the line of sight for him um, is really important in him making plays. And he can, you know, we can see him shed blockers. We can see him take on contact, absorb contact with his eyes still up. So that's why they like him in that two point stance, and he's really good. So now you have first world problems um, at the edge position. It's like, okay, so what do I do with this young prodigy at Anthony Hill? Should I? play him situationally or do I need to get him out there to try to expedite his development as a because you've got Baron Sorrell and you got Ethan Burke now. Now you don't have an a, an emergency issue at the edge position. Like you said, you got first world problems there now. Uh, so I like I said we didn't expect and Alfred Collins. I mean that's another guy that they can throw out there too. They play different packages. I've seen them play that kind of three defensive tackle package. Where it's like Murphy, Sweat, and Collins out there. And then they have two bookend overhang edges. Like an well, like an Anthony Hill or someone else. Well, and I heard Sark after the Rice game make this comment that you know in studying the best teams in the country, like and he used Georgia as the example. They play a lot of people on, on defense. They don't, you know, they rotate a lot of guys in a lot of places. And I know that wasn't your way back in the day, Rod. But his study of it has said that you know you're fresher in games and then you're fresher at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where you see that they they got some guys with some stats, but they're also playing so many people, even in Alabama, and you're not seeing a drop off. Uh, in performance, I mean, they they blew some coverages. You know, the the two, the both coaches did a good job because with the Xavier Worthy touchdown pass and the touchdown pass that they threw over the top of Jaron Thompson, both times they came out a bunch, and they both times they got the speedster locked locked up on a safety. Uh, and that's just going to be a mismatch for most any safety rod. Uh, mm-hmm. But they got Jermaine Burton on the Longhorn safety, Jaron Thompson. Uh, Sark did the same thing with X Man. And got him into the secondary and got him locked up on the safety, and that's going to yeah. be a mismatch every single time. Yeah, uh, but that's but, but you get overall the defense played great. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I, I I could you know we'll do that later on the week. You know where Alabama exploited Texas and where they were vulnerable, um, and some of those uh, issues actually you know persisted from last season um, that they're attacking some of those uh, vulnerable vulnerabilities for the Texas defense. But I thought they played so well. I think they I think they just kept ba- kept Alabama from really being able to establish an identity offensively. They were just they were grasping at straws. They were just trying to figure out what Jaylen to work. Milrow, yeah, he was at, he had to be everything. Yeah, exactly. He basically played a lot of hero ball, um, essentially. Which in would that have been game. your game plan going in. Can we make yeah. Jalen Milrow uh, have to carry that offense? Don't let the run game get cranking up. 
Uh, and and I, I think they, they did a heck of a job of that. I thought they should have used more quarterback run game. I thought there would be more quarterback design runs, and there actually weren't. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and most of them was kind of ad lib stuff for him that, yes. that made plays. Scrambling I would stuff. also say that uh, you know around college football, we'll get back to the NFL and the Cowboys' big win last night as well here on Ian Rod B trying to cover ground. But man, the, the round college football, there were a lot of blowouts, there were a lot of uh, mismatches in in week three. You know, Georgia played, gosh, Ball State and Penn State played Delaware, and uh, uh, but, but as far as impressive teams. I thought Notre Dame going at NC State, Rod, and playing it, waiting out a rain delay, and then Sam Hartman throwing four more touchdown passes. I mean, that's impressive. Notre mm-hmm. Dame's already got four wins on the or three wins on the board, and this kid can play at quarterback. Uh, they're a team to be to watch, and obviously Colorado now two and zero for Deion Sanders and what they did in Nebraska. Mm. The defense Just dismantled Nebraska was maligned after even the win against TCU because they gave up 42 points. Defense was much better. Uh, Nebraska's quarterback is awful. Uh, he is just as bad as it gets. But either way, Colorado took advantage of that. They're now 2-0 and going to Colorado State. And, man, that's the, the exciting part. I mean, it, unfortunate for the future of the Pac-12, but the now of the Pac-12. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Man, they got some heavyweight games. You realize Colorado plays Colorado State this week. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Oregon. Yep, that'll be then they national. host USC. They'll be so they'll have four nationally televised games in, within in the row. first five. Isn't in the row. game against Colorado State uh, college game day? This yes, week? it is. I think they're going out there to be with Dion. Is it really? So you're going I five? Think, yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going no, five nationally no. televised games in a row. Oh yeah, ESPN's wow. coming. Oh, uh, that's um, when does that ever happen to anybody? What what school gets that? No, Dion. Damn, Coach Prime, that is wild, man. Well, that Oregon game because that's the way they wild. Well, yeah, just because of the way you're playing, the way Oregon's Bo playing. Knicks. Yeah, and they'll be ranked. Is Colorado ranked yet? Uh, they, they are ranked after week one. Yeah, they're 18. So there you go. They're okay. 18. Yeah. Wow. That, there you go. If that didn't make it worth it just to get primetime in there alone, you went from irrelevance, you talk about one win team, and now the next season you have five straight nationally televised games. <laughs> That's crazy. That is wild, man. Well, I cannot I, believe that. Well, and guess what? It, it, it's a tough road because, I mean, I mean – you know, Nebraska is – Matt Rule's got work to do there. They're really a, not yeah, a good football take, team. They're not 0-2. And they'll be Colorado State, and then they'll be 3-0, and and then we'll find out, right? We'll find out just where they are because Colorado will play at Oregon, then USC comes to town with Lincoln Riley and all that firepower mm-hmm. and Caleb Williams. Yeah, we'll find out. Those are sexy matchups, Rod. I mean, those are those are big-time sexy I mean, matchups. We're all going to be watching. Like I said, half the country is watching because they want to see Dion fail. The other half is watching because they're primetime fans, and they love that Dion shaking things up in college football we hear so that's why exactly we that's hear. why it's 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 a story that transcends from the sports page to the front page i would also say co- impressive in college football kansas state i know they had a they they, they had a game they should but troy the troy trojans are not a bad team out no. of the Sun Belt. they're a pretty good team and k-state of course you know won the big 12 a year ago mm-hmm. um climbing's a hell of a coach will howard's good coach. quarterback we, we talk i mean everything we said in the offseason about them is true i mean they're they bring bringing on back their whole offensive line. They brought in a transfer running back from Florida State that's really good, and they uh, they ran it up this week. I mean, you know, the state of Texas is pretty much hot garbage right now in the Big Twelve because seriously, Baylor's zero two and Dave Aranda's in trouble. That's a that's a game they had up. They were up thirteen to three on that game and gave up fourteen fourth quarter points to lose that in Waco. That's not optimal. 
Uh, Iowa, Iowa beat Iowa State. We know Iowa State's not going to be very good this year. Um, but, man, Oklahoma, Oklahoma beat SMU, but it was it was a close game into the fourth quarter. I mean, they had to pull away and win 28-11 to 11 was your final score. And I did think SMU had a chance to play that close, and they did, but then uh, too much uh, Oklahoma depth Oklahoma there. Defense, the yeah, Oklahoma defense, man. Oklahoma defense looks well, good. Well, Brett Venable's a defensive guy. Just like mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian is going to get the offense right here at Texas as he adds the pieces he wants, and we yep. saw that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Brett Venable's going to get the defense right. Because yep. I think we're seeing how much Dabo Swinney misses Brett Venable's at Clemson right now and some of those other assistant coaches he has lost. Yeah, Houston lost to Rice in overtime, 43-41. That's man, not good. Rice building it up. Cincinnati had a nice win at Pittsburgh. Uh, beat beat the, uh, the Panthers, tw- Pitt Panthers 27-21. But, man, that game was wild out at Texas, out in Lubbock. That game was where I was doing the Inside Texas Watch With Us broadcast. I had another TV next to it that was up on the wall, and it was that Oregon Tech game, and it was crazy. It was a back-and-forth game uh, with a lot of big plays. Bo Nix threw for 359 yards and two touchdowns. And if you were a gambler, I took Texas Tech in the points, and I had it covered, Rod, until 15 mm. seconds to go. And then uh, oh. Tyler Shuck got sacked, fumbled, and returns for a touchdown. Brutal. So they win by eight, not one. It was 31-30 at the time. Um, so Tech can score, though. They just can't stop anybody. Is that the problem we're dealing with well, with the Red Raiders? Not in big moments. I mean, uh, Oregon not. scored 24th quarter points. And obviously, Rod, they're, they're bumming down at College Station. And I know oh, Longhorn fans get to gloat about the big win at Alabama, and the Aggies are oh. not good. I mean, Jimbo the, Fisher watch is officially on. That the, was the best part about my Saturday as I watched that game. I was at an Aggie household with about 10 of them, me and one of my friends who are Longhorns, obviously, and got to watch the Aggies lose with all of them, have them so sad, and then be like, oh, you're going to get crushed by Alabama. Well, we were out at the field house, uh, and they had it on. A lot of Aggies were out there, actually, right before the Texas game, and they cleared out, and it was a sad state of affairs for that group, man. They were, it was bumming. They were bumming. And then they got to witness Texas essentially match, or I would say match, they actually exceed their greatest achievement in their SEC tenure there, which is beating Alabama, and Texas ain't even got to the SEC yet officially and already did it in more impressive fashion <laughs> than the Aggies did it. Then they're wow. probably like, what the hell? You got to be kidding. Did you see Dalen Mack going off? Dalen Mack. He's a former, he's, a, he's an Aggie, he's oh, a yeah, D, yeah. D lineman. Yeah. I'll go get his tweets. I don't know if he deleted them yet, but he was going off. On Jimbo? At, yeah, yeah, basically after Texas won, he just started going off about Texas and well, look, Texas I mean, A&M and where they are, the state of the programs now. Yeah. I'm listening. I mean, Jimbo oh, Fisher. Is. This is Jimbo Fisher. You know, this is this is kind of a put up or shut up year for him. And Bobby Petrino comes in. Uh, he, you know, the offense was not the problem in that game. It was they gave up 48 points and a long defense. kick return. Yeah. I mean, you're you're six years in now, and your program's still mediocre. Mediocre. Uh, that is not what 75 or 80 million dollars should be getting you, uh, Jimbo Fisher. He was mediocre at Florida State at the end too. And now he's just proven to be a mediocre coach uh, at A&M for the first six years. This is what Dalen Mack tweeted out after the game. Bro, we can't allow Texas to have momentum coming into the SEC next year. Dot, 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 dot. Everything would be undone. Dot, 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 dot. Everything what? would be well, undone. Well, what's been done? What's been done? <laughs> well, the little they've done would be undone. It's like, there you go. He also said, Texas about to beat Alabama on a day. We gave a, a 50-piece to Miami all while they're entering the SEC next Next year, dot 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 dot. Recruiting pitches about to be outrageous, bruh. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Jalen. Dalen Mack. Thanks for saying yeah. that. That's probably true. He's paranoid, but, man. Well, it, it paranoid. When you feel. say a fifty piece, I love that. Oh, yeah, man. Tyler Van Dyke, three hundred and seventy-four yards and five touchdowns. 
Just a twenty-seven point second half for Miami. So it wasn't fifty really piece. Was, it was a forty-eight piece. It was it, close. Well, it really was jump started with that ninety-eight yard <laughs> kick return that uh, changed the game. Where it felt like the Aggies were in control because the Aggies, you know, controlled the game, and then second half all Miami. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and you know what? You know who else they miss at A and I'll say this, and because Jimbo Fisher, he's got he's got uh, DJ Durkin now coaching his defense. He had Mike Elko. And when they had Mike Elko, yeah. and now he's at Duke, and he just beat Clemson at Duke, mm-hmm. Mike Elko, they miss him a lot. Because I think he's one of the best DCs, in the, and now he's a head coach in the country. And DJ Durkin, whether he's at Maryland or now at Texas A&M, is an average defensive coordinator. Because yeah, talent's not the issue with the Aggies. We right? know this now. Because right? y'all been recruiting like gangbusters. Your NIL uh, prowess is well known. You've been doing really well there. So there's talent there. Talent's not the issue. We're talking about coaching and culture. And development. And talent right? development. Yeah. Uh, Sark is showing all that. That yes, uh, Longhorns checked a lot of boxes on uh, Saturday. We'll continue to talk about it with you. It's Ian Rod B. Ty is here as well. Coming back, a little bullish or BS from around the, the uh, landscape. We'll get that for you. Plus, uh, talking Texas football all morning long here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Time for a little bullish. Or BS before the top of the hour. We'll get back into the uh, Deep Dive Texas conversation coming up next hour as well, including uh, Rod's behind the burn orange curtain as we're talking all things 34-24 Texas. Also really bullish, Rod, on a couple things. Bullish on my new smile from Dr. Greg Eckert. Look, if you're watching the Twitch, I got the new. Well done, brother. Did that yesterday like on that. Friday afternoon. I spent like uh, all afternoon there. But, man, he sed- I had the, uh, the slight sedation. So I wasn't nervous, and I kind of slept through a lot of it, actually, when he rebuilt and um, restored my best teeth. way to get your, yeah, man. your dinner work done is to sleep not through nervous, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't out, out like that. It was That's, just uh, hey, like You relaxed. It was, it, was the, oh. it was the Dr. Eckert cocktail. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I want one of them cocktails. A couple of, couple of little pills, and it kind of smooth, relaxed me, and then a little nitrous. That was mm-hmm. good, baby. Oh. I was flying. And now feeling good. Nice. Got the new smile, and you can too. Dr. Eckert has restored over a, a thousand of these cases, and mine's just the latest. Uh, also, have to be bullish on the new YouTube Sunday ticket. Big Ooh, fan of that. you like it, huh? Big fan. Cut the cord. I did the, I did the deed and uh, got it. Mm-hmm. I haven't cut the cord yet with DirecTV, but I'm going to. You I'm need gonna, to. I'm going to negotiate with them. Be today. done with it. Right on. But I still have the DirecTV for internet. So I may try the to wireless, cut yeah. that package way back and just keep the internet. Because the other thing I like about DirecTV is I can watch the games on my, my laptop anywhere I am. But I can do that with YouTube, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, YouTube's good. And, by the way, the YouTube uh, where you can watch the Inside Texas on Texas channel That's right. is pretty cool as well. Well done, brother. So easy. Uh, what are you bullish on, Rod Babers, when you come out of this weekend? In, in addition to the Longhorns, because we're all pretty bullish on what we saw Saturday Everybody's night. Everybody's pretty bullish on Longhorns. Hey, guys, I got to admit, I, I did pick Miami to win that division. Bullish on Tua and his performance. Man, that Miami offense, guys, it might be the most explosive offense in the league. You yeah, know, the average kill is uncoverable. Do they average over eight yards per play? That's crazy. That's insane. 466 passing yards for Tua last night. Fourth most passing yards in a season opener in NFL history. Yeah, that offense is going to be a problem. They, if Tua stays healthy, not only are they going to win that division, in my opinion, I think, honestly, they could compete with Kansas City. They may give Kansas City a little run for their money in the Tua AFC. is so accurate, uh, 466. Ooh. And here's the problem for the Chargers. You're, you're BS on this. You're not bullish on their defense. Oh, all, man. all the dropbacks, they didn't sack him one time. Yeah, what's up with Staley? Is D? I thought he's a he's a defensive guy. Didn't sack him one time in forty five dropbacks. Didn't they spend a lot of money on their defense? Khalil Mack. They got the other Bosa. 
They have the third highest investment on defense in the NFL with contracts totaling $142 million per year. Highest paid safety, third and sixth highest paid edge rushers, ninth highest paid at corner. And they got lit up on defense. Give Kelly Moore. It's why Kelly Moore went there. He's like, I'll be the head coach in like two years. Props to Tua, too, (laughs) because remember, there were a lot of those in L.A. that were uh, bumming that they didn't take, or Miami, that they didn't take Justin You're Herbert right. back in the draft and took back two, to up, back. two out, played him. Also, uh, how about the Dallas Cowboys? You mean, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know that I've seen a faster team right now. The That's, Cowboys are so fast. He built it on speed. The Cowboys generated pressure on 23 of the 37 dropbacks for Daniel Jones, 62% of the time. That's crazy. Highest pressure, fourth highest pressure rate in the game since 2019. At eight defenders, uh, generate multiple pressures, including four with at least five. Micah Parsons led the way with six. Um, you know the offense didn't even have to do anything. That's a Dak friendly offense when you have to do anything offensively. Uh, you know you were up nineteen nothing in the first half, and the, the offense had scored and hadn't done anything. Uh, mm-hmm. That was impressive, uh, really. But I would also say thank you to YouTube and the ticket. I did watch the 49ers demolition of the Steelers, and that was humbling. That's a Steelers team that people think to be pretty good this year. That very well could have been a shutout, Rod. Uh, the only the only touchdown that the Steelers scored came on a drive that was extended by a, pa- a personal foul. They were about to get off the field at the end of the first half. That's amazing. And personal foul was called, and uh, that extended the drive, and they had the one-touch Kenny Pickett touchdown to P- Fearmuth, the tight end. That was it. Or that very well would have been a shutout. You'd have the Cowboys and Niners with shutouts week one. That's how good they were, both on the road, both against great organizations and teams, right? The Steelers and the Giants, that's no fluke. That's for real. They Those two are really good. Yeah, uh, we did give that stat earlier, speaking of the road. Road teams in the NFL for week one, 12-3 and three against the spread right now. First time since 2006 there have been 12-plus road covers in week one. Uh, how about this, bullish RBS? Um, because this is this random um, college football-related nugget. Love Do it. you know that Mike Gundy, has been using three quarterbacks in his first two games. I have not watched any of that. He's wrote he's for the second straight game. Mike Gundy used three quarterbacks in Oklahoma State win at Arizona State. When they asked somebody, he was like, "We just rotate them through." Like uh, he said, like Garrett Rangel was up, Alan Bowman was up, and Gunner Gundy was up. So now we just get Bowman up, Gunner up, and Rangel up, just like in kindergarten with a single foul line. He's been playing three quarterbacks in his first two games. Nobody in the country is doing that. Mike Gundy is is wild, man. This dude is he's wild. Always, he's always off the nose, isn't he? <laughs> he's crazy. But they, you know what? They're winning. They're With winning. It. It's crazy. They're winning. No, but I'm, I'm not. Ty, bull- I'm, uh, that's BS. I'm not bullish on that. Ty, that. you pretty bullish on your Cowboys? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? I enjoyed that. Well, and more I was, than I've ever. I've enjoyed. That was the best Cowboys game I've watched in the past three years. Ooh, well, it was, it was dominant. Nice statement. I like well, that. remember they had the forty to three beat down to the Vikings last year. They that can do was, this. We know that the bar is those 49ers come playoff time. And look, the Eagles had to hold on to win, but I thought the Eagles were pretty impressive. You're playing a Bill Belichick team on Tom Brady Day and a team that Belichick had all offseason to get his defense ready for your offense. And they still won that game, 25-20. to When's the last time we were this high on the Horns and the Cowboys after a weekend? I'll let the I'll let the audience tell us. I don't hey, know. Great texture. And the Aggies lost. Perfect sports weekend. Uh, it's true. And the Aggies. You lost. need the Eagles to and lose. Baylor that would have made it good. The Eagles would have lost. And Baylor lost. And Tech lost. Yeah. Oh, Tech losing is just that. That is so sweet. That is fantastic. I'm Joey. Not, the only way Joey can save his his uh, season now is to beat Texas at the end of. It. Joey, <laughs> might, Joey might want to stop talking now. Oh, he stopped talking after the Wyoming put it on him. Yeah, he stopped talking. We'll be back. Uh, we roll on. It's hook him up with Ian Rod B. We'll reset those headlines. If you want to hear the uh, the highlights of that big Longhorn win, they're coming next.